Give it up for Jeff Dio. Come on. Hey, are you excited to be in chapel today? Everybody feel all right? I'm just going to scoot this over. And uh, hey, if you're here visiting for NCU days, would you stand to your feet? Just stand to your feet all, all across the room. Give it up for everybody checking out school. Yeah, just to you guys that are visiting, uh, there, there is something special about this school, and there's a bunch of places you could go, uh, but even, even just standing in worship again, it's been a while since I've been in a North Central Chapel, uh, but standing in worship thinking this, this environment right here is what sets this school apart from pretty much anywhere else I could have gone, and I'm so grateful for the hours and hours and hours that I had in chapel, and God was working on my heart as I was preparing to go into ministry uh, and to be, I was studying uh, worship leading under Jeff Dio right there, and uh, God was doing some character stuff in my life, and uh, it was it was stuff that I needed so that today I could stand uh, in the leadership positions that I've earned, and so uh, this is a character-developing school. This is uh, an environment where you can grow in the Lord, uh, but it's also an environment that wants to not just equip you for the future, but wants to help have a strength spot right here so that as you're in school, you can go out and be a light to this world world. And so I'm forever grateful for North Central. I'm grateful for Jeff, uh, not just in helping uh, him him teach me how to be a worship leader, uh, but also we, we had at, just at a, a bench out here in Elliott Park uh, conversations about my character and how I needed to grow. And if it wasn't for you, uh, I don't know if I'd be where I am today. And so I'm so grateful for you. One more time, can we just honor Jeff? Love you. Honestly, I remember those conversations. And I'm still working on it. But hey, if you got your Bibles, we're gonna go. We're gonna go quick because this ends at 11:35. We're going to Matthew chapter 28, and then we're gonna skip back down to Matthew chapter five. So if you get Matthew 28 ready and Matthew chapter five, here's what we're talking about today. As as I was preparing for this moment and to be with you guys, thinking what what, what value could we bring here today? What does God want to say today? And I just believe so wholeheartedly uh, that there there are certain qualities of a disciple, and a lot of those qualities have to do with us uh, growing, like I talked about, growing in character, growing closer to the Lord, being uh, pure, living pure, living morally right, being governed by the authority of the Word of God. But also, there's some external things, uh, qualities of a disciple. And today, I want to talk around the subject of being evangelistically bold. If you're, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does within you is he gives you the power and the boldness to evangelize this world, to share the gospel message to this world. doesn't matter if you're a ministry major and you plan to be a pastor or if you're in business or whatever other degree you're doing, you are called as a Christ follower to be evangelistically bold. Can I get an Amen doesn't matter where you are, you're called to be a light unto this world. doesn't matter what you're studying, you're called to be a light unto this world. Matthew chapter 28 here at the end of the chapter, what we're about to read is called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. And if you've grown up in church, you've heard this a million times, but we're talking about it because we're on mission with Jesus Christ. Verse 16 says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
And here it is. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. When you give your life to Christ, you are on mission. And uh, I know you've heard this before, but it's a reminder I'm going to share a story, something that happened just a few months ago uh, at the end of this message, uh, because I needed this reminder. I needed this reminder. Matthew chapter 5, if you can go there, uh, starting in verse 14, it says this. And here's the plan, by the way. God wants to reach this world. His A plan is to use the church, is to use you to reach this world. How is it even possible? Why would God choose me? Why would God choose you as his A plan to reach the world? It's crazy. But he did it. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. Chapter 5, four, verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. Jesus talking to disciples. Jesus talking to us today. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Light can't help but spread. People that have been found, the natural response is to go find some other people. People that have been saved, the natural response would be to go serve some people, to help see more people saved. People that have been lifted up, by the grace, the forgiveness, the salvation of Jesus Christ, we go out, we, the natural response is go lift up some other people. And uh, people that have been lit up go out into this world and shine their light. This is what we do. And today, just in the next few moments, the title of this just talk right here is called Light It Up. Light It Up. We're called to light it up. Let's just pray one more time and just, this is a recalibration. Sometimes, like, why, why do we pray again? This is a moment right now to say between you and God, say, God, would you open up my heart? What are you speaking to me today? I'm leaning in. I'm leaning in. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for these moments together. I thank you for that time of worship just in your presence. Powerful moments in your presence can change everything in our life. And Lord, just for the next few moments as we talk around being evangelistically bold, would you speak to us and give us the courage to be all that you've called and created us to be, to reach people. That is our mission. Thank you for choosing us to be a part of it. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. Hey, man. Hey, I was at, uh, I was at uh, Starbucks the other day, and I went in. Maybe you've had this experience before. Uh, but I went in, and, um, and I, I walked right to the, uh, the counter, and the person said, uh, what, do you, what do you want? And I was like, what? Like, that's the, that's the roughest that's like the, that's a pretty rough like customer service experience. Like, like normally it's like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. What would you, what can I get for you today? Anything you want a pastry? It's great. You want, no, hot or cold? You want like, they're like trying to help, but I got a, I got a, what do you want? Have you ever had an experience like that? It's kind of like a rough like customer, like, uh, yeah, Wendy's. Yeah, rough. No, <laughs> listen, we're not hating on Wendy's. It's all good. No, like you go in and uh, another time I've heard this before where they say, um, and for you, and I was like, we, like, we haven't said anything yet. And the first thing you're saying is, and for you? Like, what is this? 
And for me, I, I used to work at Starbucks. When I, was, when I was in high school, I worked at Starbucks. I wore the green apron. And I, I was taught that I was representing Starbucks. Like somehow, I'm representing Starbucks. And this person's representing Starbucks. And they say, and for you? What a, what a misrepresentation of what Starbucks is all about. They got locations all over the world, thousands upon thousands. And this person right now can absolutely ruin the experience Maybe you've had an experience like that and you go, I'm never coming back here again. Now, I was at Starbucks today, so it wasn't that bad of an experience. But, but a person, one person can misrepresent something so massive. And I think at times the, the subject of evangelism or being evangelistically bold has been misrepresented by Christians. And so we want, to, we want to talk about it just for a second. Not, I'm not saying it's my mission to rebrand evangelism. But I think for me, this is how God's been teaching me, that I actually am called every single day, every single moment, to be evangelistically bold. It doesn't mean standing on a street corner, telling everybody they're going to hell, pointing out all their sins. It doesn't mean picking up picket signs and picketing other churches because of the doctrines that we d- disagree with. That's not evangelism. And so we're talking about three ways to light it up. But before we do, I was at uh, Disney, and I'd, I'd never grew up going to Disney. And so I was 30 years old this year. I went to the Magic Kingdom for the first time. Anybody who love the Magic Kingdom? Okay, great. So I was at the Magic Kingdom, and I had a little bit different experience than my Starbucks experience. I go, and we go, we go, and I'm bringing my four-year-old and seeing it through my four-year-old's eyes. It's amazing. And we're walking in, and you see, like, it was like the beginning of the day. And so you see other Disney employees that are also making their way into the park. I'd never been. And the first thing I thought, like, wow, I would never work here if I had to wear those outfits. That's, a, like, they had knickers and, like, a... Like, it was like a whole deal. Like, I was like, I couldn't do this. And so looking through the lens, this is my first time. I'm thinking, I think it's cool, but, like, I don't know if this is for me. Like, I'm not a, there's some people that, like, they live for Disney. Anybody here, you like, it's like your thing. Like, Disney Plus came out. You already subscribed. Listen, if you're taking out student loans for school, you shouldn't be subscribing for Disney Plus. I'm just kidding. Relax, everybody. Relax. So then, at the end of the day, we, we've been there all day. And it was, it was honestly, it was awesome. But we're, we're getting to the end of the day, and uh, people are tired. Kids are losing their minds. This is like, it's, it's the magic kingdom at the beginning of the day, and then it's like hell on earth at the end of the day for these children. It's like parents, yeah, anyways. But, but it started to rain, and everywhere you go, the, uh, there's music in the park, Music playing. And uh, some of the employees, like while it started to rain and the park's getting ready to shut down, some of the employees, they come out like just in the, the middle of the street and they're like, they're, they're like dancing. I remember one lady, she's like, do you want to build a snowman? You know, just like, she starts like singing. She, she starts singing and I'm thinking, this lady's crazy. But then other, other like they, they live this stuff and I was thinking, they are representing Disney so well. By the end of the day, I was like, yo, I'll, I'll take a cup of the Kool-Aid too. Let's go back to Disney every single year. This, like, they lo- love this thing. And something that was represented so well made me want to get in on it. 
And I think if we represent Jesus Christ really, really well, if we represent being evangelistically bold really, really well, people don't run for the hills. Think about Jesus. He is Jesus, so he's representing himself. He's representing his father. And people flock to him. They went to him. And so we're going to talk about three ways to light it up. The first thing, the first thing in ways to light it up in in thinking about being evangelistically bold, the first thing is that we have to have a genuine care for the souls of people. It's not just the felt needs, although let's meet the felt needs. But the church of Jesus Christ goes deeper than that. There's no other organization on the planet that's called to care about the souls of humanity. Target's not going to do it. Best Buy's not going to do it. Wells Fargo's not going to do it. The Church of Jesus Christ is going to do it. They'll give money to the poor, the hurting, the broken. They'll, They'll give to nonprofits. But who's looking after the souls? And the church should do that as well. The felt needs, it's important. Let's not just give the gospel message of Jesus Christ if their bellies are hungry. But Let's give the gospel message of Jesus Christ. we got to care for people's souls. we got to love people in the church, but also outside of the church. Jesus, one of his names was that he was a friend of sinners. He was a friend of sinners. You know the story of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. and uh... All right, church kids, just calm down. Calm down. The Bible says he was short in stature. He was the chief tax collector. He was a thief. He was a traitor. He was looked down upon, and he was a short man, but he heard that Jesus was coming to town. Think about this. This guy is evil. This guy is hated, yet he hears that Jesus is coming to town, and he wants to get a look at him. It tells me that Jesus was attractive. Jesus, people wanted to come around him. People wanted to see what it was all about. They were leaning into him, not leaning away from him. And he climbs up in this tree, and Jesus, what does he say? He doesn't say, Zacchaeus, you, you, you little thief, like... You know what you've been doing. Get out of that tree, and we're going to throw stones at you. No, he says, Zacchaeus, come out of that tree. I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to your house. And that encounter with Jesus changes life. Can it be said of you that you are a friend of sinners? You're a friend of sinners. Or are you just friends with your church, your church community, your small group, your campus, your church, your school, your classmates? We're called to be Friends of sinners. Paul, he was one of the best at it. First Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23 says, Paul's saying, even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I've voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Here's who Paul's trying to reach. Religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose-living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. And here's key. I didn't take on their way of life but I kept my bearings in Christ. But I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. There's a bunch of people trying to keep their bearings in Christ, but they're not entering anybody's world. Can we be friends of sinners? Paul says, I've, just, I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I've done everything. I did all this because of the message, the gospel, being evangelistically bold. This is what he said. I didn't want to just talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Let's not just spend time at North Central University just talking about it. 
Let's be in on it. And this school is about you being in on it, not just hiding away for four years, but getting what you need, development, biblical training, backing, no matter what field you're going into, it is that, but it's also you can do this right now. You can do it right now. Everywhere you go, you are the occupational force of God's glory. When you walk into a room, you change the atmosphere. You want to know why? Not because you're great, but because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The creator of the universe is alongside of you. Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. First thing is, do we have a genuine care for the souls of people? The second thing that's going to help us light it up is to share your story of God. To share your story of God. How do do I evangelize? How, How do I do this? I'm scared to you know, where do I start? Do I, I say, hey, do you know where you're going if you die? Like, how do I do this? It's so scary. Here's, here's one. You have a genuine care for the souls of people. Your eyes will start seeing different people. You, you're not going to pass people anymore. You're not going to walk by people anymore because you're going to see them as an eternal soul. That there's real destination, heaven and hell. God, open my eyes to the people that I see every single day. And do I have a care for their soul? Help me to care for them. But now I need to start sharing my testimony sharing my story of God. And here's theology around testimony. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was also called the Ark of the Testimony. When Moses was getting the Ten Commandments, the word of the Lord, God said, put them in the Ark of the Testimony. And in the Ark of the Testimony was the actual presence of God. And so they put that Ark in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle, in the temple. They put it in the Holy of Holies. Only one person, the high priest, could enter that in one day a year, the Day of Atonement. In that box, in that room, was the presence of God called the Ark of the Testimony. But then Jesus comes, and the veil that separated the outer courts to the inner courts, the, the Holy of Holies, that veil was torn. Some people say that veil was two, two feet thick. It was ripped from top to bottom. And it symbolized that the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, was leaving the Ark of the Testimony, was leaving the Holy of Holies, and into the hearts of humanity. And so now when you give your life to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, the actual presence of God living inside of you. It's not just for the high priest. It's not just for the pastors. It's not just for the worship leaders. It's for every single person that gives their life to Jesus. You have the presence of God in you. Here's what's cool about it is the presence of God no longer resides in the ark of the testimony. It resides in your testimony. And so when you share your story of God, the things that he's done in your life, the goodness of God, come on, has God been good to anybody? Has he set anybody free? Has he saved anybody? Has he been better than you deserve? The goodness of God, you have a story. The fact that you're breathing is the goodness of God. Say, I don't ever have a testimony. You have air in your lungs. You have something. God has been better than you deserve. He's done more in your life than you know. The fact that you're alive today is God's goodness in your life. This is what we believe. He resides in your testimony. Somebody could be an atheist. By the way, it takes a lot of faith to be an atheist. It takes a lot of faith to have no faith. But somebody could say, I don't believe in God, and you share the goodness of God, and they are not hit by human words. They are hit by the presence of God. It can change their life. How do I be evangelistically bold? I care for somebody's soul, and I start talking about the goodness of God in my life. can change somebody's life dramatically. And the third thing, we got to care for people's souls. we got to share our story of God. But there will be moments, hopefully more than less, where you got to share the story of God. 
you got to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That every single person has sinned. Every single person's fallen short. You don't need to believe in God to know you're not perfect. We've all fallen short. And you got, you got this time at North Central to grow in how to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. You got people all over this city that need Jesus. To grow in, in your, how, how do I explain the God? We've all fallen short. Because of our sin, what we earned is death. What, what we earned, yet God the Father was so good. We separated ourselves from God the Father. He was so good that he sent his one and only son from heaven to earth. You've heard this before, but you have to share this. You have to talk about it. Being evangelistically bold. And the Holy Spirit will give you the power to do it. Jesus came. He's the only one that lived a perfect life on this planet. Nobody else could do it. He's the only one that didn't deserve death, yet he walked willingly towards a cross, a criminal's death. And in that moment, God the Father poured out all of his wrath for humanity on his own son. It's the great exchange, the beautiful exchange, that God poured his wrath on his son. He was crucified. He died so that we could be forgiven. The Bible says when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life, you will be saved. When you call upon the name of Jesus, you will be saved. When people hear that, they don't go, after hearing your story, after having a genuine care for their soul, how are you doing? Let's, let's not just shoot the breeze. How are you doing? And then you share that God wants to change your life. God wants to forgive you. He wants to make you new. The Holy, the Holy Spirit's at work while we're doing this, by the way, in their life. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is the great convictor and the great head lifter. It's his job. So he will convict people of their sin. They will recognize that they need a Savior. That's the Holy Spirit's job, not mine. So he's working in their life, and he's the head lifter. There's hope. There's a way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And as you share the gospel message of Jesus, their eyes are open. There's a hunger. The story of Jesus, who he was, is so attractive. People don't run away from it. They lean into it and say, I want this. I have a neighbor just two days ago, fell off his roof, putting up Christmas lights, died. Has a seventh grader and a sixth grader. Tragic. The Bible says we're not promised tomorrow. But how do I not know this neighbor? He lived just down the street. How, do I not, how, how did I not know him? How did I not have any interactions with him? Am I living evangelistically bold? This is what I'm processing right now. Where, where was I? Because I, I didn't know he was going to get on his ladder and slip and fall. You all have a, a sphere of influence. We have a, a sphere of influence. And the Holy Spirit wants to equip you to give you this boldness and this courage. You can read about it in Acts chapter 3 and 4. Peter and John, they heal this guy. And then they're arrested by the same people that crucified Jesus. Acts chapter 4. They're saying, you need to stop preaching the name of Jesus. And Peter says, I can't. I can't stop. I can't stop talking about the things that I've seen and heard. And when you've experienced the, the, the saving power of Jesus Christ, the miracle working power of Jesus Christ, you can't help but talk about it. And it says those, those religious leaders that crucified Jesus, it said they marveled, not at their diploma that hung on their wall, but at their boldness. And they could tell that they had been with Jesus. 
That's what I'm praying for. As we're here studying, as we're here being equipped, as we're here growing in character, I pray beyond all of those accolades, all of those other things, they're good things. But beyond all of that, I'm praying that people would know me, that they would know you as somebody that's bold and they've been with Jesus. Do you have a care for people's souls? Are you sharing your story every single day, sharing what God's doing? The fact that you're alive today, you got something to give praise for. And are you sharing the gospel message of Jesus Christ? Love for us to stand in this place and we're going to dismiss. And Let's just pray together. We'll open up these altars. Just If anybody wants to pray and have, have some time with the Lord. And I know NCU days, you got a lunch to go, go to. But let's just pray together. Jesus, we thank you for these moments in your presence. We thank you for speaking to us today. A quality of a disciple is being evangelistically bold. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us light it up to be a light into this world. Give us a care for the souls of people. Not just the felt needs, but the souls of people. People have been created and they're eternal. Help us to care about where their eternal destination is. Help us to get as many people to heaven as possible. It's not just for the pastors, not just for the religious elite. It's for every single person to care about the souls of humanity. Give us that care, Lord. Help us not miss people. Help us not miss moments. But God, also give us the courage to share about your goodness and what you've done in our life. You've been better than we deserve, and today we say thank you. We're grateful. But give us that outlet. We can't help but talk about your goodness. And Lord, when the moments come, I pray that you would help us to share your gospel message that you are able to save. You're able to make a way. You're able to forgive. You're able to remove guilt and shame off of people. You're able to lift people up, to give them a purpose, to get them on this adventure of following you that's greater than any adventure. The Bible says that eternities are in the hearts of man, and people are searching. They're they're looking whether they know it or not. And I pray that you would help us get more moments to be able to share that what they're looking for is in you, Jesus Christ. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you're here, just, yeah, went to North Central. I know what these moments are like, but if you're saying, I want to respond to this, I want to respond to this, I want, I, want, I, want, I want that boldness. I want God to speak to me. I want him to give clarity on what I can be doing to help light it up. I want you to know that this is open right here. You can take as long as you want. We'll have keys and music going. It's all good. Thanks so much for being here, all of you visitors. One more time, give it up for those visiting for NCU days. We love you. We love you. You guys are dismissed.